We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for June 5th, 2011. And we're going to segue now into uh, some brief videos regarding Israel. I'll give you some clarification on some of the previous teachings I've done. This is a one entitled Amazing Prophecy Happening Now Documented. And I'm just going to go ahead and roll this and let this play. For thus declares the Lord of hosts, for he that touches Israel touches the apple of God's eye. Bible prophecy predictions have a bad name with many people these days, but the surest and most ominously biblical sign of the soon coming end times may have been overlooked in all of the recent rapture hysteria. The ominous phenomenon of... Now he's talking about the Harold Camp Camping debacle. Let's go further. ...which I now speak was best documented by Bill Koenig, a Washington, D.C. news correspondent and White House press briefing reporter. He is also the author of the book, Eye to Eye, Facing the Consequences of Dividing Israel. The book was first published in 2004. In his book, Bill Koenig reveals that nine of the ten costliest insurance events in U.S. history, every one of them, very shortly followed dramatic calls by United States officials for Israel to make land concessions in bids for peace with its neighbors. Koenig points out with startling detail how six of the costliest hurricanes in U.S. history followed such events. He also documents how three of the largest tornado outbreaks in U.S. history followed such developments. Earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, and even terrorist attacks have hit America, some even within 24 hours of calls by United States officials for Israel to withdraw from Jewish land or to make dramatic concessions that would threaten Israel's safety. It happened with Katrina, Koenig documents, when George Bush forced Israel's withdrawal from Gaza. In fact, everyone from Israeli rabbis to United States senators have noted that it seems to happen every single time the United States pressures Israel to divide its land. There is an irrefutable pattern here. Once again, we have now seen the United States hit with a series of deadly superstorms. They, too, will now prove to be monumental and unprecedented in their insurance cost, their utter devastation, and the amount of total lives lost. These record-breaking superstorms followed and were sandwiched between several consecutive weeks of Obama's openly finagling against Israel, from devastating oil and weapons deals that adversely affected Israel, and then finally culminating in an out-and-out public declaration for Israel to return to its 1967 borders. This call was, in effect, many experts say, a call for the division and the destruction of Israel at the hand. Now, when he called for this 1967 borders, this was right when I was getting ready to do a teaching. I believe it was that Sunday, and I, I was talking about this, and this was two or three weeks back. And then that night, essentially, as I was doing the teachings, Joplin, Missouri, got hit with that unbelievable uh, tornado outbreak that literally just demolished the whole town, and it was right when he had said this. Um, the, the worst of it was right when he had called for Israel to go back to its 1967 borders. This is Obama. ...of the Arab world. It's well documented that Obama's public call for the return to 67 borders was in the works and talked about for weeks prior to that call. 
In fact, it was being reported just days before the Southeast and Tuscaloosa tornado outbreaks occurred. Then, on May 19, 2011, Obama publicly declared that Israel must return to its 67 borders. Less than two days later, tornado outbreaks hit the heartland of America, just as Obama hit the heart of God. So, May 19, 2011, Barack Hussein Obama announces Israel must go back to 1967 borders. Uh, Then, uh, May 22nd, Joplin, Missouri destroyed. Hundreds dead, Joplin. Um, So, that's just one of the many, many documented cases of this particular thing happening. He also mentioned Bill Koenig's book, Eye to Eye. And there's several other books that I've even talked about that document this as, as well. Apple of God's eye. Do you not see the irrefutable pattern? And it will come to pass in that day, declares the Lord, that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, declares the Lord. Bill Koenig has meticulously documented the facts, the dates, and the correlations, and the biblical curses which followed. Now you have seen with your own eyes one more example of it. I would imagine that there are yet more examples to come, as long as our leaders fail to see or believe the biblical proclamations and promises of God. When will America learn? When will the world learn? And if you don't belong to the soon-returning Jesus Christ, when will you learn? Okay, and I, I even give you a link here in the uh, PDF to Eye to Eye, The Consequences of Dividing Israel. Uh, I'll link to that book. If, if you've never heard of that, I've done several teachings on that as well that you can, you can look, look at that on the... Actually, I give you some of the teachings right here um, regarding that. I, I list those. Um, so... All, all of the information you would need if you're not familiar with this type of, of research is, is there in the PDF to get you started. So, now we're going to look at the second video uh, by this pastor. It's also equally as short, in it, and it just goes into the actual meaning of the word Israel. <clears throat> okay, and the reason when I heard this, I, I thought, yeah, I wish I would have said this, what this guy's saying a long time ago, because I've gotten a lot of flack over, you know, I'm called a Zionist, a lot of times, and, and I've said, listen, I've always tried to have biblical balance. I've never said that I believe in ethnic salvation, like John Hagee and a lot of other people uh, are the of the Christian Zionist movement that believe that literally just because a Jew is a Jew, they get a free pass, they get a get out of jail free card, and they don't because of the blood flowing through their veins, they are essentially saved. Uh, never, ever gone to that extreme. I also don't go to the extreme where I endorse every single thing that Israel has ever said or done since they've come back into their land. Uh, I realize that there's a lot of wicked, evil Zionists at the top of the government and at the top of the Illuminati that are of Jewish descent. Okay, I'm not saying that's not the truth, but the Bible refers to them as those that call themselves Jews, but they're not. They are of the synagogue of Satan. Okay, I also believe that according to the Bible in Zechariah, the two-thirds of the Jews, even those that are coming back into the Promised Land or, or Israel, 
in that area, will be wiped out according to Zechariah, and one-third will come through the tribulation as silver tried, you know, as silver is tried. It's not going to be pretty, but they're going to be the ones that finally get their eyes open and look upon the one whom they have pierced, meaning Jesus Christ, 2,000 years earlier, and they're going to mourn for him as one that mourns for their only begotten son. So I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater like a lot, a lot of people that call themselves Christians do. I mean, you look at the Bible in Revelation 7 and 14, and it talks about the 144,000 Jewish male virgins that have never been with a woman. Look in Revelation 14 and 7. You can spiritualize that all day long. You can say, oh no, that's this race and this race, and we've assumed that, that tribe of Israel now. Give me a break. He gives the tribes by name. And you're going to spiritualize that? Anyway, I've, I've heard all those arguments before. It, I, you know what those boil down to? I think those boil down to pride. They, a lot of people that supposedly get saved, they, they get into some little cultic offshoot, and this cultic offshoot says, you're special, and you're this, and you're that, and you know what? You're, you're actually one of the 12 tribes now. And, you know, God's done with the Jews, and he's working through... I mean, you got to really go out on a limb to believe a lot of that stuff. But... That's why the Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. When you trust in man, ultimately you're going to depart from the Lord. When you make flesh your arm, meaning you lean on the arm of flesh, not on the arm of God, you're gonna, your heart's going to depart from the Lord. I don't tell people and try to point people to me, or really to any other ministry per se. I try to point them back to the Word of God. In the English-speaking language, the King James Bible. You get into the Word of God, you pray, you fast, you seek God. Don't take my word for it regarding a lot of these subjects. Check it out. Don't believe anything that I'm saying. Check it out. Do your own research. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 Be as the Bereans, as the Bible talks about in Acts, who were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Because they sought the things out in the scriptures daily to see if they were so. That's what we need to do. But very few people do that anymore. And I'm not saying I'm the quintessential example either. Okay, I'm not saying I'm the standard and you all must... No, no, no. Don't follow me. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just a man. Okay? You follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You follow His Word. I know if I give you that advice, it's not the wrong advice. That is good advice I'm giving you. It's not my opinion. It's based on the solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and that's where I want to point you to. So, let's go with this video now. And he's going to clarify some points here. Hello, this is Pastor... That's actually me playing the xylophone in the background. Just kidding. Teasing. Carl Gallops. As you probably know, I produce or do voiceovers for many of the PP7 videos. From time to time, we produce videos on the modern-day fulfillment of prophecy and prophetic events. Sometimes these videos mention something about the nation of Israel and things that are in the news today regarding Israel. Most of our viewers are well-versed in contextual biblical understanding regarding Israel and its ties to the last days and prophecies. Others, however, for a myriad of reasons, some innocent and some nefarious, seem not to understand what we mean when we refer to Israel or Israel's place in the last day's prophecies. Let me explain what I mean when I refer to Israel in prophecy. The Bible actually speaks of four Israels. First, there is the political 
secular Israel. Then there is the religious Israel. There is the geographical Israel. And then there is the spiritual Israel. Let me explain these four. The political secular Israel speaks to the day-to-day workings of the nation of Israel. Like the political secular United States, this type of Israel has many problems, as does the United States. The culture is thoroughly secularized, and therefore godless. Their politicians are as corrupt as anyone else's in the world, and they must be held under the strictest of scrutiny by the rest of the world, especially the United States. This Israel merely reflects the sin nature that the rest of the world's nations possess. Religious Israel. This is the very small percentage of Israel's population that still practices some form of Orthodox Judaism. While their practice of Judaism is their choice, as Bible-believing Christians, we maintain that they too must confess Jesus as Lord in order to be saved. The Bible does not give the Jews or the Gentiles a pass from responding to the gospel of Jesus. There are no special salvation favors for the religious Jews, according to the Bible, apart from Jesus Christ. The geographical Israel. This understanding speaks simply to the reestablishment of the physically located nation of Israel. This phenomena is a specific fulfillment of prophecy, and many believe in times prophecy. From Deuteronomy through the New Testament, the return of a geographical Israel to the world scene is presented as an end-time fulfillment. We believe that this all began in 1948. The spiritual Israel is clearly defined in the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans. The spiritual and true Israel is that spiritual body of believers made up of Jews and grafted in Gentiles who are believers in Jesus Christ as Messiah and Lord. According to the Apostle Paul, this group of people make up the true Israel and belong to Yahweh in salvation through the blood of Jesus. Now, I've done a whole teaching on the use of what they call the Tetragrammaton, which is this word Yahweh. Uh, I do not advocate its use. I do not. And I, I give you the teaching, the link right below this, so that you can understand why I'm saying that. Um, and I'm not going to say a whole lot more about that right now, because I've already done the teaching. The link is there and provided for you. Uh, and also, the, what he had just talked about, being the Gentiles being grafted in. I specifically got into those uh, specific scriptures. It was either last week or the week before from um, the uh, 6, this will be the 6-5-2011 teaching. So if you want to hear more about that particular subject, I did almost that whole chapter in Romans we went over. Uh, so anyway, going further. Quite naturally then, when I or any of the video makers at P.P. Simmons refer to Israel, the blessings of Israel, or Israel being the apple of God's eye in the last days, we are speaking of the geographical and spiritual Israel, and not necessarily the political, secular, or the religious Israel. Often we are accused of being Zionists. If by that one means strictly politically speaking, then no, we are not. We care little for the politics of Israel. If by Zionist you mean we support the existence of a national Israel, with Jews being able to live in freedom within their own homeland, then yes, I suppose we are Zionist. Why? because it is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy, and we are thrilled to see it happen. For those who proclaim that Israel is evil, all I can do is echo this truth. If Israel laid down its weapons today, there would be a holocaust of unprecedented proportions in the Middle East. But if the Arab and Muslim worlds that surround Israel were to lay down their weapons today, there would be peace. 
Like it or not, that is the fact of the matter. As such, we at P.P. Simmons, without shame, support the geographical and spiritual understandings of Israel. It is the biblically correct thing to do. I mean, man, was that well said. That guy is polished. I mean, man, he blows me away. <laughs> I mean, as far as, as far as just being a polished speaker, man, I mean, I'm impressed. Anyway, um, he said that very succinctly, very clearly, and, and I wish I would have said a lot of these things that he said in this particular video, because I think it would clear a lot of things up. If, if, and also, if you have problems with somebody saying, oh, you're a, you're just nothing more than a Christian Zionist or this like that because you you support Israel or whatever, this would be a good video to direct them to. It's uh, on YouTube. It's under P.P. Simmons. Now, I'm not saying that I make some blanket endorsement of everything they've ever come out with. Uh, they've got, like at the very end of this, they've got the Israeli hexagram with a cross in the middle. <laughs> I do not agree with that. Uh, I've done a whole study on the evils of the hexagram, which is one of the most wicked, high-level symbols in all of witchcraft. I mean, it is one of the worst things you could bring in your house, have on your body, or whatever. It's terrible. The reason they ended up adopting that is their symbol had nothing to do with it being Jewish, it had a whole lot to do with, I believe, Lord Balfour, who was the one, the one that originally gave uh, part of the land that ended up becoming Israel. And then a lot of the people like Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and these that also helped to orchestrate bringing them back into the land. Now, God ultimately ordained this. He can use the wicked and the righteous to do his bidding. Um, but that symbol is not a inherent... It's, it's not like... Uh, Jewish from the standpoint of anything holy and Jewish. It is a wicked symbol. And uh, I've done teaching on that. You can access it on contendingfortruth.com, on the hexagram. Uh, it's irrefutable. I mean, it's, I'm sorry, but, but the information on that, on that particular symbol is just so overwhelming. And I give you a lot of visual examples and uh, a huge PDF to go with it. So, anyway, let's go further here. Um, so now, we, the, the, the point that he brought up at the end, which was so good, if Israel were to lay down its weapons today, there would be an unprecedented holocaust of all the Jews in Israel. The Muslims would, if they just laid down their weapons and said, we're, we're just going to have peace and, and, and we don't care if you come in and kill us. The Muslims would flow over the borders, like they're trying to do right now, and, you know, there's all these breaking news reports today. Oh, the Jews killed these Muslims. All they were doing is protecting their borders. These Muslims are always the ones that are the aggressors. They're the ones that come in and, and do this stuff. You don't see Israel trying to... I mean, Israel's given up and given up and given up land, and it's never enough. The only thing that that ever does is the Muslims just move the rockets in closer. If Israel were to lay down its weapons today... They, the Muslims, would come in and kill every man, woman, and child. The radical, the more radical elements would. I mean, it's a fact. Yasser Arafat said that's our goal, is to drive them into the sea. 
They'd kill everybody and drive the rest into the sea, drown them. On the other hand, if the Muslims laid down their weapons, there'd be peace. It's an irrefutable fact. So, the next article proves that. Once again, it's entitled, Killing Israeli Children are Fine, says Muslim cleric. June 2nd, this, a senior Iranian cleric who is known as President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad's spiritual mentor. Now, this is the same guy that's waiting for Imam Mahdi, the, uh, the, the, the coming uh, savior of the Islamic religion. Okay, it's, it's who uh, Devil Betraya, who calls himself Lord Betraya, claims to be. And I've reported on him many, many a time. Uh, Ahmadinejad, this is his this is his spiritual mentor, said this. He's the president of, I- of Iran, Ahmadinejad. He urged followers to continue suicide attacks against Israelis, including children. Ayatollah Mohammed Mezbah, considered one of the Islamic Republic's most radical clerics, issued a religious edict on the website whereby suicide attacks are not only legitimate, but are, but are a must for every Muslim. <laughs> Think about that. Yes, it's a must for every Muslim for suicide attacks. You're going to wipe your whole uh, religion out pretty quick there, aren't you? If everybody's in a suicide attack, there's going to be nobody left. You know? I mean, think about that. Uh, this is a special paper by the Middle East uh, Media Research Institute that has shown this. And there's a, there's a link to uh, the full story there. So, once again... You know, nobody's off limits for the Muslims when it comes to going against the infidels or the Jews. Nobody. And people will say, yeah, but that's not all Muslims. You know what? When you see moderate Muslims in a country and the more radical elements start to move in, okay, do you see the moderate Muslims marching against the radical elements saying, no, no, you shouldn't do this. This isn't what Israel, Islam's about. Yes, it's all what it's about. All you got to do is read the Quran. I've given you all the Bible verses. Behead those that, that insult Allah, uh, kill the infidels, slay the infidels, show them no mercy. It's all in the Quran over and over. And then all the other extra Quranic writings that exist and all the edicts of the imams. and They're, they're telling you to do this. The... Radical elements are being fundamental to the faith of Islam, which is based on the Quran and these other radical writings. They're the ones that are actually being, they're like, they would be the example of fundamental Christians. Fundamental Christians being somebody that's fundamental to the faith in the Bible. Okay? They're being fundamental to their faith based in the Quran. Just because there's moderate and lukewarm Muslims doesn't mean that that's right according to the um, Islamic religion, they're just being lukewarm. You know, you could say all day long that, that, that there's all this peace-loving religion and all this other stuff. There's, there's no basis in fact for that. And when the radical elements move in, they always trump, they always override any moderate elements. And the moderate, the moderate ones will either, you know, they'll end up endorsing it in the end, or they'll say, or they'll say nothing. And as they stay in that environment, they will be forced to become more and more radical. They're going to be forced to become more and more Quran-abiding. That's what you're going to see. The religion is pure evil. Uh, 
going further here, and then I've got two of my teachings I posted here. One's entitled Obama to Abandon Israel While Embracing the Islamic Nations, and then one of the recent current end time events where I talked about this subject also. Next article is Why Israel Mustn't Withdraw to Its 67 Borders. A listener writes, Hi everyone, this link was sent out by a friend of ours in Israel. If you haven't already seen this short five-minute video about Israeli borders, please have a look at it. It gives you a very good idea of what all this talk is about in the halls of the U.S. politics, trying to force Israel to withdraw to the battle lines of April 3rd, 1949. As my friend says, then you will see why Obama is trying to feed Israel to the surrounding Arab nations for lunch. Well, he's, an Arab, he's a Muslim. Why wouldn't he try to feed Israel? To the surrounding Arab nations. He wants to see, I guarantee you, it's, it's, it's a longing desire of him, by his actions I say this, to see Israel totally wiped off the map. Totally. He wants that. He's a Muslim. He was brought up a Muslim. He was born in Kenya. He, was, he went to Indonesia uh, for schooling. I mean, this is all, this is all documented. So... Deep down, although he'll never admit it, that's what he wants anyway. He's putting them in a position, trying to put them in a position where they will be annihilated. It's not going to work, though. God is not going to let Israel get wiped off the map. It's not going to happen. I don't care if every nation on the planet has their guns aimed at Israel. And Satan puts every devil, demon, and fallen angel from the pit of hell against them. It's not going to happen. Satan and his minions will be defeated. Mark it down. The Bible is 100% accurate, and in all the prophecies that the Bible has made up until this point have all come to pass, and all the ones that are, are predicted for the future are all going to come to pass as well. So let's go ahead and watch this short clip here, and uh, or listen to the short clip, and it will kind of give you another good idea as to why it is absolute insanity for Israel to withdraw to the, pre, to the pre-67 borderline. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and roll this video now. It's a pretty short one here. Now, before we get started, you're going to see, if you watch this video, it's the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs Presents, and that's okay. They have as their symbol, and they promote it vigorously, this triquetra symbol, which I was like, oh my word, you just can't get away from all the whatever. So I'm not saying I endorse the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs, okay? They've adopted as their symbol the triquetra symbol, which supposedly is... Uh, when it was on the cover of the New King, New King James Bible, they called it the sign for the Trinity. Yes, the pagan Trinity, that's what it's been known for. And it has nothing to do with, it's, it's a high-level witchcraft symbol. Not as high-level as the hexagram, but it's a very wicked, evil symbol. So just bear that in mind if you, you know, see that. state has the right of self-defense and to secure borders to protect itself from hostile invasions and terror. Israel is a small state surrounded by Arab countries 650 times its size, some of which are large bases of global terror. Only 44 miles separate between the Jordan Valley and the Mediterranean Sea. After the Six-Day War in 1967, Okay, now if you watch the video, it's a very, very visual video, so you're, you're only getting about half of what they're showing, but they're actually showing like maps of Israel and 
and battle lines and, and rockets being launched and stuff like that so you can get a real visual, visual visualization of what they're trying to express here. When Israel was attacked by four armies on three fronts, United Nations Security Council Resolution 242 stated that Israel was entitled to new defensible borders to replace the previous fragile lines from which it was attacked. What are Israel's defensible borders? What are its essential security needs? The Jordan Rift Valley, Israel's eastern frontier, forms a natural barrier between Israel and the countries of Jordan, Iraq, and Iran. The Jordan Valley rises from an area that is 1,200 feet below sea level to a hilly ridge of up to 3,000 feet, creating a steep 4,200-foot virtual wall opposite any force attacking from the east. The growing threat of global jihad activity near Israel's borders requires it to prevent infiltrations of terrorists and weapons. When Israel left the Philadelphia corridor in Gaza, it became a highway for the infiltration of terrorists and the flow of hundreds of tons of ammunition and weaponry from all over the Arab world, aimed at Israeli civilians. See, and every time they give up land to the wonderful Muslims, that's exactly what they do. They just put in their troops, put in their artillery, put in all their terrorist cells, and they just get that much closer to Israel so that they can try to annihilate them. That's the reward that they consistently get for giving up land to the Muslims. The Jordan Valley is the equivalent of Gaza's Philadelphia corridor in the West Bank. To defend itself, Israel must retain control over the Jordan Valley. This is Israel's mountain ridge, rising up to 3,000 feet. It dominates Israel's major coastal cities, where more than 70% of its population, 80% of its industry, and all of its airfields and seaports are located. Missiles launched from the Judean hills pose an immediate threat to Jerusalem, Israel's capital. Israel's only international airport, Ben Gurion, would be in the range of even primitive rockets, while all planes taking off and landing would be threatened by shoulder-launched anti-aircraft missiles. Okay, this is if they were moved back to the pre-67 borders. That I, so just so you know, if that were to happen, they're, they're giving these case scenarios. For advanced weaponry would be able to hit virtually any point in Israel. If Israel were forced back to the 1949 armistice lines, the Green Line, the country's width would be reduced to a narrow nine-mile waistline that would be impossible to defend. That's why any future arrangement must include Israeli control over key areas of the mountain ridge and a demilitarized Palestinian state. Israel's narrow borders means a combat aircraft can cross the entire country in under four minutes. In less than two minutes, an enemy plane could penetrate the country's airspace via the Jordan Valley and reach Jerusalem. In order to thwart an aerial attack on Jerusalem, a hostile plane must be shot down at least 10 miles east of the capital to prevent it from crashing into major population centers. Therefore, Israel must be able to identify hostile planes before they cross the Jordan River line and intercept them shortly after. To defend itself, Israel must control the airspace over the West Bank. Israel's transportation arteries, and in particular the Trans-Israel Highway, 
enable travel and connection between Israel's regions. They also assure the mobility of the Israel Defense Forces in case of attack. Protection of these vital arteries is essential in order to ensure that, one, civilians aren't victims of terrorist gunfire. Two, regions of the country cannot easily be cut off. Three, the mobility of Israel's defense forces is not hindered in the case of invasion. To defend itself, Israel must control its main arteries of transportation. There is enormous uncertainty about future trends in the Middle East. Iran is determined to become the supreme power as the U.S. withdraws from Iraq. No one can guarantee the future of many of the current regimes in the region. Today, more than ever, it is crucial to ensure defensible borders for Israel. Okay, so again, just a little video there um, explaining and hopefully reiterating some of the things that we've covered in the past. And uh, we'll go ahead, and I think what we're going to do at this point is, I'm going to go ahead and just close this part out down because we've just talked about this one subject. And I'm going to go to part three here, and we'll finish out with part three next.